This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, we are talking about a win, and... Mathematically still alive. Just want to say that right out of the gate. Daryl, your thoughts are, oh, look at that. He put his head through his computer screen. Mathematically still. I'm guilty. I put it in my top takeaways. Yes, the chances remain slim to none. Uh, look, great win. It was that typical AFC North uh, grind uh, out in December type of game. We've seen the Ravens and Steelers and Ravens and Bengals play games like that. Um, not a whole lot to complain about. I would like to point out though, that I am now nine and five on the season picking Browns games. Nine and five. Look at you go. Daryl the Greek. Is that what I should call you from now on? Or what do you want me to call you? <laughs> I, I don't know what nationality I am, but I can assure you I'm not Greek. That, that part I do know. So let's start with the positives, Daryl. What went right? Well, I, first of all, they won. I thought, I, I thought that, uh, I thought that Deshaun Watson handled the cold weather pretty good. Denzel Ward basically changed the course of that game with that with the interception in the third quarter. Um, a little frustrating that the Browns couldn't really deliver a knockout punch in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Kay York really didn't have any uh, explanation to offer for the two missed field goals. But yeah, I, I just I, I liked how hard they played. Um, and Miles Garrett said after the game, that was really never in doubt. He, he really felt like that uh, they were going to finish this season strong. But, I mean, it's a good Ravens team they beat. That is a quality win. I, I know Huntley was the quarterback. 
And uh, we'll get into some of the Raven strategy, which I, I want to send Christmas cards to, to John Harbaugh. Or I think the Browns should send Christmas cards to John Harbaugh, maybe some poinsettias or something uh, for his strategy. But um, I, that, it just, it was a good win. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. But AFC North football is not a thing of beauty in the month of December. And so hopefully that game ends up being a little bit of a, a lesson to be learned for this Browns team. All right, so go into the the thank yous, the poinsettias. You would, sometimes they hand out game balls, but it is the holiday season. Hand out your poinsettias, or is it poinsettia? I gotta give some Christmas cards, Christmas cookies, and poinsettias to uh, to to John Harbaugh for having Tyler Huntley throw the football thirty times. Every time he threw the ball, a brownie got his wings. I, I mean, <laughs> I just. They, I mean, Baltimore was able to was able to run at will, uh, basically against the Browns, right? 198 yards rushing, and look, I'm not going to criticize the Browns' run defense here. Typically, I would, but they're down four linebackers, Andy. Like, it is what it is, and like the Ravens didn't exploit it, so they did a couple of times, and yeah, they did. They were able to bust off some. Long runs. J.K. Dobbins, a buck 25 on just 13 carries, averaged 9.6 a carry. Those kind of numbers, hell, he should have carried the ball 30 damn times. If you think about it, right? I mean, he could have run for 300 yards against the, the Browns' defense. And how about this? Baltimore could have just run the ball up and down the field all day and kicked field goals, and they probably would have won that game. But thank you, John Harbaugh, for being stubborn and thinking that Tyler Huntley was Lamar Jackson and having him throw it uh, 30 times. 138 yards passing for Huntley in the in the pick. And like I said, Denzel Ward changed the course of that game in the third quarter when he just basically ripped the football away. And then the Browns obviously got, uh, you know, went on that 91-yard uh, march down the field Big penalty, the face mask penalty. Deshaun, uh, you know, trying to avoid a sack, get, gets taken down, face mask, first down for the Browns, and then, you know, right down the field. The, uh, so, yeah, th th thanks, John Harbaugh, for a crappy game plan against the Cleveland Browns. You know, it's funny. At one point when that happened, I thought, could this be a 30-yard penalty? Because, I mean, face mask is 15, and then they called, a per I mean, they called it a personal foul. So I'm assuming it's 15. It's yeah, just 15 for that, but you got uh, five yard is incidental face mask, which is not what they call it. That's why they say personal foul face mask. It's, it's a fifth, it's a personal foul 15 yard. Because it did look a little flagrant, didn't it? I mean, it yeah. wasn't his and head it's on the quarterback, too, who they're trying it, to protect. It, his head turned, and that's usually the indicator for the, the personal foul. Um, I, so I mean, there are a lot of different things I want to talk about, but I, I think. We're going to sit here for the next week until next Saturday and talk about Deshaun Watson, talk about Deshaun Watson, talk about Deshaun Watson. The fact is Baltimore only has a three after their name on the scoreboard when it's all said and done. So I think it's hard to walk away from the defense, who I think set the tone early on on that fourth down stop. Yep, I mean, I, I, That was gigantic. Yeah, I think the defense deserves a tremendous amount of credit, not, not just allowing uh, only the three points. They got two takeaways. Uh Ward's interception, and then John Johnson literally punching the ball out and then recovering the fumble that he created. 
And unfortunately, the offense wasn't able to turn that into points, but it, it just it basically killed another Ravens drive, right, Andy? So uh, there's that. It's the the they were outstanding on third and fourth down uh, Saturday. Uh, the Ravens were 0 for 3 on fourth down, 5 of 12 on third down. So that's 5 of 15 combined on third and fourth down. And I just think that that was really huge. Uh, now, granted, the Browns weren't that much better offensively on fourth down. Here's one thing that I really, really well, like. Well, they were 2 for 2 on fourth down. Well, hang on. Uh, on third down, I meant. It's okay. They, they, were five, they were 5 for 15 on third down. But here's what I loved. On the fourth down, Kevin Stefanski didn't get cute. He turned and handed the ball to Nick Chubb. And then with Jacoby Brissett getting called on the field on fourth and one, he did a straight QB sneak for two yards. Thank you, Kevin Stefanski. Standing ovation. Bravo. Well, Way what was to it? not I, make I couldn't, more difficult I, than they needed to be. Yeah, on TV, did they get it? Did he get a Bronx cheer for that? Or what happened? I, at no, the stadium, I, I am here. I am giving Kevin Stefanski the Bronx cheer. That's what I'm doing because one of my complaints, I believe, uh, <laughs> in recent podcasts has been that Kevin Stefanski's been outsmarting himself and getting too cute and funny in some of these situations with the play calls. Just straight up football, man. And if they stop you, you tip your cap to the to the opposition and, okay, you, you beat me. But I, I like the fact that he didn't get cute with the play call hand it to Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb does what Nick Chubb does, picks up a first down, and Jacoby Brissett on the QB sneak did what Jacoby Brissett does on QB sneak. So bravo, Kevin Stefanski. All right, so are we happy with Kevin today then? Because I think a week ago, again, I think that you said the key. He didn't get too cute today. Like he, There was one play inside the, <laughs> inside the red zone where I thought I'm like, okay, you're getting a little cute here. Stop doing that. Just just bowl the ball forward and then they ended up you know i, I i'm uh I'm trying to remember they they did have one really cute play in the red zone i'm trying to remember exactly what i was like oh, what are we doing here but when it was all said and done he did things it, it it seemed to be that he managed the game better he coached the game better and that 13 to 3 final really wasn't indicative of, of the way the game felt like i never felt like especially in the second half the browns were going to let this thing go i never felt that way that most games you're like, well, how are the Browns going to screw this up? I never <laughs> felt that way in this game. Well, it was funny when uh, I tweeted that it was the two-minute warning. Browns had the ball at the at the Ravens' X-yard line, and they lead 13-3. to Like, I got six straight tweets of like, so how are the Browns losing? <laughs> so what you're telling me is there's time to blow this, and – it was not I not for me, but just you know, people responding to the tweet. I, I got a little chuckle out of that. Uh, but you're right. It felt like that the Browns were in control throughout the second half. Um, it even when York was my concern was because York missed the two field goals, that that was gonna come back and bite him in the ass. And ultimately it didn't. Um, you know, the Ravens outgained the Browns to total net yardage, 324 to 283. Uh, 198 to 143 on the ground. Um, but, you know, the Browns were able to capitalize on one red zone opportunity. The, the, the touchdown to Donovan Peoples-Jones, Andy, I can't tell you 
how many thousands of times I have seen them run that route in practice. And, and you're sitting and every time I see it, it's like, is this really going to work in the game? Cause a lot of times they're doing it on air or they're doing it against the defense. The defense isn't overly competitive with it, except for in training camp where there is some live contact there. But, you know, I think that people's Jones did a great job using his body to screen out the defender, make the catch. And then on that curl, as he's curling across the middle, he had his momentum going in the right direction. So once he caught the football, he was able to, to, you know, easily run uh, across the goal line there. So not, not a real complex play, but just well executed. And Again, it's just it's little stuff like that. So this week, Kevin Stefanski gets his flowers. How about that? You are such a nice guy. All right, we have so much more to talk about in this postgame edition of the Browns as they defeat the Baltimore Ravens. And I didn't hear the word rivalry once this week, so I want to hop into that a little bit too. So uh, it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Back with more of the postgame edition next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. And we are brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. The Browns. 13 to 3 winners over the Baltimore Ravens. They are now 3 and 2 against the AFC North with a chance to go 4 and 2 against the Steelers the last week of the season. Uh they will host New Orleans, which is, seems odd, but the last regular season home game, oh I should just say, the last home game of the season. <laughs> I don't want to jump the gun on anything. That There's is not zero chance they're hosting a playoff game this year. <laughs> I got to tell you I did go to 538. I'll send you the link. I did about I don't know, 40 or 50 different combinations and got the Browns into the playoffs. It was very fun. In fact, um, one of the betting sites, do you want this or not? I'll tell you what it is if you want to hear it. Just go ahead. You want the scenario? Hang on. I got to give it to you. Menigan gave it to us. It was our producer of Baskin and Phelps. And uh, he sent this out to me and Brian Anderson throughout the game as we were just kind of joking around about some of the things. Hang on. Let me get a pen. I should write this down because I should add this to my top take. Ready? Here we go. Well, this oh, is me, what I need. Give me a second. I got to get a pen. and paper. Here. Okay. Hang on. Bet Jack put this out just so you know, I want to give credit where credit is due. Where, where, okay. Who is this through? Bet Jack? Bet Jack. Yeah. Ready? Bet Jack says. So let's, let's just go with the easy part. What's the chance? That the Browns had to beat the Ravens, so they did step one. Now, just give me the percentage. 
Oh, what's the percent? I can tell you the percentage from 538. It's a one. This is not a percentage. This is the path to the playoffs. Oh, okay. Give me the percentage from 538. Well, 538 right now, it just winning alone okay. just jumped them to a full percentage. One they were percent. under 1%. So they have 1% chance to make the playoffs. Yes. Okay. So you're just by the win alone. That's with no other help from any other game. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, basically. Yes. Okay. okay. So 538 says 1%. 538 now, said 1%. Now I'm going to uh, grab a pillow, sit okay. back, relax, and listen yes. to you to go through this absurd uh, path stopwatch? to the playoffs. Hang on. Here we go. Okay, this is the path according to Bet Jack. Okay. All righty, here we go. Stopwatch. Ready? Three, yep. two, one, go. The Browns had to beat the Ravens. That happened. Now the Browns are going to have to beat the Saints, the Commanders, and the Steelers. Now, tomorrow on Sunday for week 15, the Lions have to beat the Jets. The Raiders have to beat the Patriots. The Titans have to beat the Chargers. If those three games happen, that's great. But now you got to go on to week 16. The Jaguars need to defeat the Jets. The Falcons have to beat the Ravens. The Bengals have to squash the Patriots. The Texans must defeat the Titans. The Steelers have to overtake the Raiders. The Packers must, must, must have more points than the Dolphins. And the Colts have to beat the Chargers. So that's just week 16. If all of those luscious things happen, now you walk into week 17. And in week 17, you would need the Steelers to beat the Ravens, the Seahawks to beat the Jets, and the Rams to beat the Chargers. But I'm not done because in Week 18, you would only need two more things to happen for the Browns to make the playoffs. That would be the Bills defeating the Patriots and the Bengals downing the Ravens. There you have it from Bet uh, from Bet Jack, as they put this out. That is the path to the playoffs, starting with the Browns-Ravens win. You did that in 55 seconds. Oh, that wasn't bad. Take a bow. You want me to do it faster? I could do it faster because no. no one would fall asleep with that. No, we're, we're good. We got it the first time. So you need four things to happen this weekend, and you already got one. Three to happen tomorrow alone. I'm sorry. Four things to happen to the Browns. That's easy. Three things to happen tomorrow. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven to happen next week. Three after that and two the week after. You feel good? I feel I'm sure good. there are other paths too, but this is what it says is the path. Leave it to, le to legalize gambling that starts after the first to set that out for us. There's no chance. <laughs> There's none. Isn't that great, though? I, I just think it's funny that somebody went and did all that. You stuff know what? I would like to know what the chances would be had they not blown the, the Jets game. I would love to I know. I could go back and figure it out. You don't want me to because oh, I'm I telling you. Not, you know what? I, I don't not, know if you know this or not, Jack. you've gone down this pet rabbit hole, I absolutely want you to go back and change the loss to the Jets to a win and see what the odds would be then. I don't know if I can. I, I know how to do all the it. games in the future. I don't know if I can go back and change oh, the You can't past. retroactively go, go back. Unless you've got a DeLorean, this ain't happening, baby. Well, let me uh, see if I can find Doc Brown. And I promise not to hit on my mother back in time. So I, I really want to make a bold statement here. And I just, I don't know that I've ever done this on this podcast. So <clears throat> I just want to make sure that, that it's clear that everybody understands this, especially you, Daryl, because I don't know if you get this. By the way, I love when my movie references go right over your head. It's great. No, they didn't. I got it. I, I was okay. all with you. Okay, ready? So this, this is my extremely bold statement. That damn loss to the Jets is going to haunt us all season. All right, we're just going to have Meredith uh, uh, pull up something somewhere along the line of me saying that weeks and months ago. I, I mean, I, we keep saying, we said it the day it happened. We both said it. Yeah. 
I'm like, this loss is going to come back to haunt us. They're like, oh, it's just one game. Everybody gets one game. I'm like, no, this game is going to kill us. And it's been yep. chasing us all season, and it continues to chase. You know what? This win by the Browns almost makes me angry. Why? Because of what could have been. Like, where's this been all year? Where's it been? Sorry. I Are you happy, Daryl? Are you happy that they won? On the pregame show, right before you came on the pregame show, I, I think it was Chris Rose that said, and Meredith, correct me if I'm wrong. Chris Rose said he didn't want to see Nick Chubb. He wanted to see some of the younger guys run because we know what Nick Chubb can do. Is that correct, Meredith? Right, yeah. Chris Rose was the one who said he doesn't need to see him run because I think also he doesn't want Nick Chubb to get run into the ground for no reason. So that yeah. was another reasoning behind that one. So, yeah, that was uh, Chris Rose on the Browns Network pregame show. And, Daryl, what do you think was running through my head at that point? Well, I guess in the back of my head, I'm saying to myself, huh, hmm, last 22 games that Nick has 18 or more carries, they're 19 and three. And now, what do you have, 22 today? 22. 21. Oh, 21. I gave him an extra carry. Like, the, oh, you know what I did? I took away half a sack from Miles Garrett and gave him an extra run. So now they are 20 and three in the last 23 games when he carries the ball 18 times or more. I, I, I don't know. I, and trust me, I'm not Mensa, nor am I Paul DePodesta or anybody else. I just know no matter what, I'm giving the ball to Nick Chubb 18 times because I, I think the record stands for itself on that, right? Call me crazy. No, you're right. You're 100. Right. No argument. No. Why? Why would I argue? Why would I argue such a rational point and factually based? I, I don't know if you had a chance to I catch, feel like I, catch I, I, feel, I feel like you are Vinny and my cousin Vinny, and I'm the judge. And I say, Andy, that is a lucid, well thought out statement that you just made. Overruled. <laughs> <laughs> I can't you know, do I that do. because it's it, like, yeah, it's like the formula. It, it almost feels like a, there's no f real true formulas in football, but it feels like that's a formula in football. It's the Nick Chubb formula. Give him 18 carries, win the game. Like, that's not hard. Still trying to figure out what a Ute is or no? It's a team that can help Ohio State get to the uh, playoffs. What'd you say? <laughs> What's a Ute? A Ute? The Utes. Sorry, Your Honor. Youths. Okay, so we continue on with my cousin, Daryl. Mrs. Riley, and only Mrs. Riley. How many fingers am I holding up? You know what would have made that scene even better? Tell is, me, my friend. Is if Pesci just gave the middle finger. As, <laughs> as he's, you know, how many fingers am I holding up, Mrs. Riley? It's the your number one salute <laughs> after the judge blew <laughs> the original. It's, that's such a great movie. It really is. It's an all-time classic. I was texting with a friend uh, uh, about it who's studying, currently studying to become a lawyer, and I sarcastically said, all you need to know is just, just watch some My Cousin Vinny, and you'll have everything down that you need to know. You'll know how not to handle an arraignment. You'll know how to quit. I'm done with this guy. I got no more use for this guy. I mean, so wait a minute. You're going to let me see all the evidence? What's this about? I'm, 
What's discovery? Hey, like, we, we need to get back about all that discovery stuff. I'm actually going Phelps on you. We have to go back on track here. Okay. Sorry. By the way, there was a phone call on the radio post game show after the game that I listened to. And this guy, the Browns just won. They beat the Ravens. It's been a miserable season up and down trying to figure things out. And he just railed on Deshaun Watson, saying that he was getting worse and that this is what we paid for and blah, 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 blah. blah. I mean, you want to talk about the most impatient person person I've ever heard on the face of the earth. This guy called the postgame show on the radio. Did he did he actually watch the game is my question. So I give Jeff a ton of credit, man. He's like, sir, I'm not going to argue with you. And then he came back with the four-win season. And Jeff's like, you realize he had almost 5,000 yards in passing. That It's not just the offense that wins games. In fact, just like today's game, I, I wish Jeff would have said this, but he came pretty close. It Just like today's game, the fact that they held them to three points, uh, that made the difference in the game. Sorry, sir. But Jeff was so cool about it because, Daryl, if it was you or it was me, oh, I would. and you're watching him get better every week, and this guy's going off. I, I mean, I would have been – first of all, I would have started yelling at him, and then I just would have hung up on him. Jeff was like, sir, I'm not going to get into an argument with you. Thank you for your time. Then <laughs> he moved back on. It was just such classic felt. Yeah, I uh, I would have left the mushroom. I I would have left the mushroom cloud over that guy. All right, Daryl, we still have more to come. We want to break down uh, more of the big win over Baltimore and some of the things we're looking forward to next. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on social media at game day CLE. Excuse me, at game day CLE on Twitter or on Instagram. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. So, so I, I know we talked about a lot of the good things as well as movies that we've been watching, uh, but the Browns in this post-game edition, a winner 13-3 to over the Baltimore Ravens. Now three games to go. New Orleans next week will be the final home game of the season. Daryl, there are some little things we can nitpick on for sure, and one of them is Cade York. Now you tell me and you explain this to me, especially when Baltimore has one of the best kickers that's ever played in the game. And he missed one and had one blocked. How much did the weather affect the kicking game today? I don't. I don't think a lot. Um, York told us after the game he has to go back and watch it, but he doesn't believe that the weather was a factor. Um, Justin Tucker, obviously, I wrote this in my top takeaways. This was absolutely not the Justin Tucker passing the torch to Cade York game. It was not. Um, give Jordan Elliott credit. Uh, getting up there to uh, get a paw uh, on the Tucker field goal and him and him missing before halftime like that. It's just stuff you never see from Justin Tucker because he's just that reliable and you just take for granted how good um, he is. But yeah, it's disappointing that your fourth round draft pick kicker couldn't put a game away for you. Like that's the whole reason you got the fourth round pick uh, for him. And yeah, you know, we'll see how he bounces back from it. But I just, 
for as great as it and fun as it is to watch him make the long kicks, Andy, kid is very inconsistent. And you can say, well, he's a rookie, so rookie kickers are, you know, inconsistent. But I just, I don't know. He's he's not been he's not been good enough for me. Um, he here's where he's at this year. Inside thirty yards, he's perfect. Five for five. Thirty to thirty-nine yards, he's seven of ten. Those he should be ten for ten. Sorry. Um, forty to forty-nine, six of eight. Okay, that probably sounds about right. And then fifty plus, he's four to seven. Uh, extra points. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know that he's been what we thought he was going to be yet. And the argument is he's a rookie, but my thing is use the fourth round pick on him. Yeah. It doesn't feel real good right now. Um, And this worked. I mean, he's getting exposed to the elements here and kicking in the elements here. So, you know, um, I guess that's the pot. That's the glass half full is that he is getting an opportunity to kick in these elements and get used to it or whatever. He's not going anywhere. They're not cutting him. Not as long as Andrew Barry's the GM. Uh, Cause like I said, the best job security you can have is to be drafted by Andrew Barry. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I just kind of expected more of him this year than, than what we've seen to date. And, and um, the long kicks and warmups and stuff were fun to watch and that, but got to put teams away when you, when you're sent out there to put a team away, you got to do it bottom line. So um, I'll be interested to hear Mike Prefer's breakdown of those missed kicks, you know uh, you know, is it plant foot? Is it the, you know, swing through on the ball? Uh, again, York said field conditions, weather, not a factor. Well, I give him credit for saying that. I, and then the other part of the story is, I'm sorry, but when I saw Greg Joseph kick the game winner today for Minnesota, do you happen to catch that? By the way, um, worst loss, Browns to the Jets or Colts blowing a 33-0 lead and losing to the Vikings? I think that was a historic loss. Wasn't that the greatest? Yeah, I, I thought I heard somebody say that was the biggest loss in NFL, NFL history. history. Yeah. So, which biggest is the worst, in loss? NFL history. Yeah. worst loss of the year, Browns or Colts? Oh, Colts. I mean, that thing was over. It was 33-0 at halftime. I had to self-report myself to old takes exposed on Twitter because I made a crack that the Viking ship was going full Titanic today. <laughs> You know, the best part about it, and I'm sure that Meredith can can back me up, that if anybody was listening to the network pregame show, they had coverage like that of nobody. I mean, I got to tell you, one thing we do really well on the pregame show on the network side is uh, giving scores of games that are currently like if there's a game in London, we are all over it because we know that people want to get up to speed on a game that, you know, they're getting ready for the Browns game. But so they don't really want to watch the game. They just want to know what the score is. So we take care of them taking care of all the fantasy folks out there that want to know exactly what they want to hear. So I just, I'm just, I don't know. I think that's something we can be pretty proud of. So, and I feel absolutely hundred percent, Andy. Um, all right. So Daryl, uh, where are we going with this thing now? Cause you know, it's going to march down on they're end up. I'm sorry. They're going to end up nine and eight when it's all said and done. And we're going to go back and look at this thing and go, 
Wow. Wow, 9-8. and eight. They just missed. It's going to go right back to the year they won 10 games. Wasn't it 10 games in Indianapolis? All they had to do was play halfway decent and not die the last week of the season like they did, and the Browns they, would have been in the playoffs. Or am I so, confusing two years? No, so what happened was the in 2007, the Browns won the wrong 10th game. They went to Cincinnati. That's when it was like 50-mile-an-hour wins, and the Browns decided to throw it 50 times that day with Derek Anderson. They lost to the Bengals, and then in week, in the – uh, I think it was week 16 or 17, whatever it was back then. In the regular season finale, the Browns beat the 49ers for their 10th win. And then the Colts, they needed the Colts to win on Sunday night football, and the Colts decided to play their backups. And that's why the Browns missed out on the playoffs. And that is why you never, ever put your fate in the hands of somebody else. And the Colts basically gave the, the Browns the uh, your, num- your number one salute with their performance <laughs> that night. Yeah, thanks, Indianapolis. Appreciate you. I, yeah, I've never forgot that game. If you ever forgot that game, I'm not forgetting that game anytime soon. Oh, no. It's why, it's All right, why, Darryl, so, why every time the Browns play the Colts, they should stick the boots to them. Payback well, they should. And how about the fact that, you know, like I was kind of happy for Jeff Saturday there for a minute. And then anybody I was listening he's to some so he, he's, he's There so was somebody that was just laying Jeff Saturday today. when I was, There was a national former player who was killing him. Killing him. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, could you imagine me on the podcast after the Browns blew a 33-0 lead to lose in overtime? I would have, like, you would have had to call the paramedics because I probably would have gone apoplectic and had a coronary, like, during the podcast. Uh, that would be, like, what, it a been normal me, podcast? Like, today they won, so you're not going to be that way, but otherwise. Well, no, it would have been me after the Jets lost times 1,000. <laughs> right uh so let, let me let me bring up this last point because i think this is a good one donovan peoples jones do we feel like we now have two really strong wide receivers do you feel 100%. like like that 100 i do too 100 yep and the fact that deshaun watson was able to hit guys that we had never heard of today i thought that was an interesting take too that he was the, he was distributing the ball and distributing the wealth to names that we just you had never heard before. And like all of a sudden I was like, man, this is pretty fun. I like learning a new guy in every play. <laughs> I didn't know he was on the team. Yeah, he's got a uniform and everything. Um, That's good. Eight different guys. You the white walls? <laughs> you we're going to pull this stuff. <laughs> At least you could have said you were the Patriots or the Buccaneers versus the team that was good. Um. Thank you, Jake Taylor. Uh, you know, eight different Browns caught passes. Yeah, Baldwin, two catches for 25 yards. Uh, Demetric Felton caught a pass for five yards. Michael Woods caught a pass for four yards, was targeted twice. Holy crap, Kareem Hunt caught a pass for three yards. What would have they done without those three yards? Um, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, a combined eight catches for each for 89 yards um it's like those those two guys are the old reliables you know I'm, yeah that that's how i look at that and and the joku too Najoku had three catches for 28 uh and they overshot him 
uh, in the end zone. He wanted a flag. And by the way, I do think that that should have been pass interference in the end zone. I don't know. Or, we went, uh, Jamal that just was a little too much contact for me. He kind of pushed him a little. I thought. I don't. They let I know, yeah, a little too much letting him play. You know, I I'm know. right. I, I, I thought it was interference too, but he didn't want to. We were arguing about it. He's like, no, it's not interference. I was like, all right, well, you played and I didn't. So I'll let you have this one. All right. It was something holding illegal contact. Not, but yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, like the distribution, uh, Watson's willing to go with the, the guy that's open or, you know, that he sees. And that's obviously a good trait uh, <clears throat> in your starting quarterback. But I mean, did you see Deshaun at the end of the game, by the way? I did not. After he no. took the took the final knee to uh, run out the rest of the clock. Really, really let it go. Oh, coming back towards the other end zone and just kind of put his arms up in the air and was excited and happy that play. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, where he, he you could see he was, yeah, you know, just all the emotion was coming out of him. Um, How'd you think the crowd was for him? It was fine. Yeah. There, there was no, yeah. There, I mean, he, they they went nuts when he went on his first scramble. For, I think for like fifteen yards or whatever, the place went nuts. It's exactly it's exactly the reception I thought he was going to get. I, I it, it never. I got asked this in uh, uh, on our sister station in Baltimore this week about you know is he going to get booed by the home fans? I'm like, well, no, he's not. And the only way he gets booed by the home fans is if he plays like crap. You know, if he just does not play well, that's the only way I could see him getting booed. But it really no. feels like it's about football now. It is. It is. It, and um, I I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, it, it, it's about football. It's how it's about how he's playing and performing. And uh, um, I, I think now that this game's out of the way, you know, the first home game. I I think that mentally for him. Cause he is a human being. Let's, let's remember this. And there's a, you know, mental aspect to this. Joe Thomas raised it when he was on with our morning show uh, Friday, leading up to the Ravens game. I thought Joe had some tremendous insight into the mental aspect of being uh, a, a player. But um, I, I think now Deshaun is going to be able to just be feel more comfortable about the football aspect of things. And he's got, you know, he's gotten the rust knocked off of him a little bit. Um, he was sacked three times again today. But he's a guy that gets sacked. Let's remember that. Typically, your mobile quarterbacks will get sacked a lot because they're extending plays. And listen, even, it, you know, people have to understand, you know, people think a sacks is just you're, you're dropped in the pocket. But if the quarterback extends the play and – is stopped short of the line of scrimmage outside the tackle box near the sidelines. It's a sack. You, you know, so um, he does get sacked a lot in, in, in that regard. But yeah, I, I just feel like he's been able to take some hits. He got to play in the cold weather that we talked about that narrative going into the game. Uh, I asked Kevin Stefanski about it. And I think Kevin wanted to give me the middle finger when I asked the question. Um, but it was a narrative. Just to let you and, know you're number one. Yeah, you know, uh, but I just, you know, I, I think that he, I, I thought he performed well. Did he? Did he put up superstar numbers? No, but like you're not putting up superstar numbers in lousy cold conditions. 
He did a great job managing the game, managing the offense, limited offensive mistakes. Um, you know, they made the plays when they had to make them. And, you know, like I said, really the only disappointing thing that I think you can say about the game, other than it, the final score was 13 to three, is the fact that the Browns didn't deliver a knockout punch. That's it. But hey, you beat the Ravens in December, you damage their. Uh, chances to win the division. Uh, Cincinnati, by the way, should be sending all kinds of goodies to 76 Lugrosa Boulevard this week because the Browns single-handedly now put the Bengals in the driver's seat to win the AFC North. All right, Daryl, that'll do it. Uh, this is the post-game edition of the Ravens game. Again, the Browns beat the Ravens 13-3 to for our amazing producer, Meredith Kane, who puts up with us each and every week at least three times a week during the regular season and twice during the offseason. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We will drop again on Tuesday morning.